Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode number eight. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and grow your business. Today, I am joined by Ann Pazier. She is the owner of Santa Barbara Gift Baskets. The focus and true differentiator of her business is that they create unique gift featuring the finest gourmet food, wine, and craft beers, specially made from the Santa Barbara area. During the 10 years Anne's been in business, her journey has gone from being a home-based startup to purchasing a corner bakery that she turned into a deli, which was meant to complement her gift business. Then she sold that deli and most recently, meaning within this last month, opened a brand new retail location. Success definitely follows Anne around. She was recognized as the 2013 Golita Finest Entrepreneur of the Year and just last week was honored with the Spirit of Entrepreneurship 2014 Award. Wow, Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. I'm delighted to be here and grateful that you are impressed enough with my business that you want to share it with your guests. Totally. And they are all going to understand why you're on the show as we continue. Is there anything else you would like to add to your bio before we get started? I think you covered it and I'll probably come out in the rest of the interview. Perfect. We like to line the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light shines on you while you share your stories and experiences. So Anne, shall we light it up? Yes. Ignite it. Yay. Now help us envision your candle. What color is it? My candle is definitely uh, blue, ocean blue, and here in Santa Barbara, it's a really special shade of blue that could be sort of almost green, but really blue and silvery. Okay, and why would you pick that color? I just always feel more connected to life in general when I'm closer to the ocean. I've lived in lots of places all over the United States that are really beautiful, but there's something about the energy of the ocean that I just really connect with. What would be the motivational quote on your candle? My quote would be from Maya Angelou, and it is that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but it's basically the idea that people will forget what you say, and they'll forget what you do, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And how does that resonate with you, and how do you apply it in your life? I mean, I'm in a perfect business for that because every day we are creating gifts to touch someone in a way that the person who ordered them is hoping that they will touch them. So I get to engage this concept every day. Makes sense. I want to go back now, Anne, and let's talk about your journey. What ignited that spark inside you to start your business in the very beginning? You know, I wish I could say that I always wanted to make gifts or always wanted to make gift baskets. And 
That's not really true. I think, I mean, my mom would argue that I was constantly finding things to decorate and tie ribbons around and so forth. She likes to tell that story. But I was in sales and um, a passion of mine was always to, believe it or not, produce movies. But I just never could get to that part of my dream. And there were all these great career opportunities that came up within sales. I was with Eastman Kodak for several years, but always in the back of my mind, really loved that idea of producing movies and things, you know, that would tell a story and bringing people together to collaborate to make that story come to life. When I met my husband, I was actually in film school, but still kind of working part-time in sales. And when I was pregnant with my son, we decided I needed to leave that job and find something to be able to do from home. And one of the last things I did in that position with the company I was with was purchase all of the holiday gifts. And it seemed like every year I was always having trouble. I won't mention the name of the companies that we used, but they were like mainstream corporate kind of gift companies. And there was just always an issue. And he said to me, I think that you could do this. And I said, I don't think so. I don't know if I can do it. I think that this really looks harder than you think it is. So he was on eBay one night. My husband's a firefighter and he's also a very entrepreneurial man. He was on eBay one night and I was kind of looking over his shoulder, you know, with my baby in my arms. What are you doing over there? And he said, oh, I just won this auction. It's a book on how to make gift baskets and a website. I got it for $33. And I said, well, that is a waste of $33. That's going to be, you know, a total scam. He goes, well, if it is, it was $33. If not, you know, maybe this is what we need to kind of start what we're doing. Which, by the way, I had not bought into at that point. I thought that I had said this seems too difficult. You know, and shortly thereafter, he got called out on a wildland fire. And as I'm kissing him as he's leaving out the door, the mailman comes up with this book on how to make gift baskets. And I was kind of left standing there in the doorway with the book and the baby. And I guess it's time for me to start this gift basket business. But the key here is that I did leave my other job uh, first by asking my employer if I could still do the gift baskets for them next year myself. And they agreed to it. They were really excited about it. They knew that I knew who the clients were and that I would come up with something creative. So yes, we started with just this book on how to do it, but we also started with a $20,000 account, not till the next year, but we knew that we had that business. And I think that's a really big piece of advice that I would give anybody is if there is a possibility to take an order before you even have to really put any money into your business, that's an ideal situation to be in. Plus, then you had quite a bit of time to make sure you perfected your skills and were prepared for an order, you know, that could really set the stage for the future for you in terms of corporate business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so in that same vein, so here my husband leaves the book arrives, we kind of, you know, I was looking through it and sort of, again, feeling anxious, like, this really looks hard. These are really beautiful. And it looks really difficult. And then, Sue, things started arriving, like boxes of soaps and candles and crackers. I'm like, what is going I mean, he just was gung ho that this is what we were going to do. So when people ask me, you know, how did you start your business? They think it's really funny that this, you know, big burly firefighter is really the brains behind this whole operation. (laughs) But then I took it upon myself to really make it my own. You know, I said, well, we can't just compete with the same. I'm not going to try to recreate the baskets that you can buy at the big box stores because I'll never make any money off of that. 
that. You know, my costs will always be more than theirs are. So we live in this beautiful seaside town that's filled with local wine and beer and fabulous foods. And it's a really unique place. And so I started looking at the farmer's markets and looking at the local gourmet markets of what was around that came from this area. And that's when it really took on sort of its own identity. So you made yourself totally unique within the market and be just totally different, unique selling proposition, if you will, from anybody else. Definitely. There are two things that you've said that really stick out for me. Number one is clearly your husband's support. When you start a business, it's so important to at least have somebody behind you and supporting what you're doing. You know, not everybody. I mean, you hear the whole story about like the Mrs. Fields cookies where everyone thought she was crazy and then look at what success she had. Sure. But, you know, whether it's a family member or a friend or people within your chamber, it is really important to have someone who supports what you're doing so that downtimes you're able to go to somebody and they can help lift you up. That's the first thing I'm pulling from the conversation. Another thing that I think is really potent is, you know, you're talking about how you were looking at gift baskets from some of these huge companies, but you weren't totally thrilled with what you were getting in return. Possibly the basket wasn't the quality that you feel you paid for, or there were customer service issues, or one one thing or another. And when you're in charge of your own business, you can make sure that every level of that kind of customer interaction is nothing but the best. Right. And so much easier to do than a bigger company can ever do. So if you're thinking in terms of businesses you're going to start or how your business compares to the big guys and that you just can't compete, think a little bit differently here because you absolutely can. In fact, you have an an edge over them in for sure quality of product and also customer service. I think I'm also coming from it from the standpoint of I've been a salesperson. I understand what the purpose of that gift is. You know, $20,000 for corporate gifts, that's a lot of a budget, right? And it's not just supposed to be this nice little gesture. There's a point behind it. It's to maintain business that's already there or engage with new potential clients and impress them. And so for my employer, my former employer, able to... um, have them send me handwritten cards from all the managers in the locations all over the country, right? They sent those cards to me and I put them in with each gift so that the gift arrived had a sticker with the logo of the company. It had a handwritten card from their point person. And that was not even possible with bigger companies. They would just have some little typed out message, you know, and it could have been from anybody. And as soon as that's thrown away, but so often is as soon as the gift arrives, it's lost as to who it came from. In fact, the final straw with attempting to do these gifts when I was working for my former employer was that no cards were put in one year. I was just shocked that this company would have done that. And so that has for 10 years been always the most critical piece of what we do is make sure that there is in fact a message and it is really clear who it came from. And especially when they're corporate, you want some type of a purpose. It could be a thank you for customer retention and all that, but there needs to be a business purpose behind it. You're so right. And, you know, when you have that sales background, you can come up with creative ways. I'll sit down and I'll meet with my clients and, and say, what is the purpose? What do you to get out of this? We have um, an account monthly that sends out five-year anniversary gifts to whoever 
is on their client list that's been with them for five years. And they come and they drop off, you know, 25 or 30 of these handwritten cards and we send them out and it's now just become, we're like an arm of their marketing department. So Anne and I were in the middle of the interview and something happened and I'm going to let Anne explain to you and tell you how we have resituated to finish the interview. What happened? (laughs) When when you said light it up, we sure lit it up. Apparently we lit it up that my phone got so hot that it shut off, which is great. This is why my phone, this is why Siri calls me hot stuff on my phone. I programmed that. So there you go. It's true. Uh, (laughs) So now I have moved into our wine cellar. So I'm sitting on top of some wine boxes, staring at my collection of wine and chocolate, which we keep in this nice cool room. So if you hear something in the background, it might be just opening a bottle and, and having a glass. <laughs> oh, can I get on a plane and come on over? Please. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. So, Anne, we're going to pick up here. And, you know, those days weren't always sitting in your wine cellar with chocolate surrounding you. No. In fact, I was just struck by, I was looking at this inventory thinking there was a time when we didn't have enough in our bank account to even front the inventory that I'm looking at right now. And that's a milestone in and of itself within a business. Sure is. Well, listen, take us to a time when things weren't so well. Tell us a story about when that inner flame, that passion that you had for your business started to dwindle. Well, I think, you know, as you grow your business, you try new things. We got to a point with our home-based business that we thought we needed a brick and mortar. We we jumped right to brick and mortar um, and found this little corner deli that was for sale downtown. We thought it would be a nice complement to our business. We purchased it with no previous front of house experience in a restaurant. We'd both been servers and so forth. We really got in over our heads. And what happened was we bought a second business that took us away from focusing on our gift basket business. I made some corporate contacts out of that because it was in a downtown area, but really there was this big stretch of time where I just had to put the gift basket business almost on hold and really just do holiday orders and then run the restaurant the rest of the time. I had babies in that time period. California had five major wildfires in five years. So my husband would leave for weeks at a time and I would be sitting there with the gift basket business, the deli and two small children. And it wasn't fun at all. I think now because I'm in a place where I love getting up and starting the day and I love and look forward to going to work and I don't want to leave at the end of the day, I value that even more because there were certainly days when I just dreaded and felt like our business was a ball and chain. And that's so unfortunate. We were able to get out of that miraculously. Somebody approached us and wanted to buy the deli. So they did. We took a tremendous loss. But I like to look at it as a very expensive business school that my husband and I went to for five years. Now we're really cashing in on a lot of those expensive lessons. So it definitely was not all for for nothing. And I think the point here really is don't go off and start focusing on something other than what is your core business because you can just get spread too thin and lose everything. It's so true. And I'm skipping. So before I comment on that, I'm going to go back to so we sold the deli, you know, and then looked at each other and said, okay, well, the basket business really has to to do something, it has to make enough that I don't have to go back and get another job. And that was enough motivation (laughs) to make me make this business work immediately joined my local chamber, because I didn't have to go make sandwiches all day long and do catering with the deli, I was able to show up at networking events, 
give people my card, follow up, make phone calls, go in and have meetings. And very quickly, within I would say like six months, we noticed a huge change in our business. And that year, we doubled our sales from the previous year. And then the next year, we doubled them again. And by that time, we were working out of a warehouse that was just a very nondescript, uh, tucked into an industrial warehouse, you know, industrial area building that belonged to some friends of ours, and they kind of gave us a good deal on rent. And because of that and keeping our overhead low, we were able to continue to climb up out of that economic downturn. And it's so tempting, especially in a business like ours, because you make such beautiful things, to want to show it off and to want to have that beautiful showcase and that beautiful showroom. But I really think it was a wise decision for us to just slowly chug along and grow the business until the sales really would sustain being in a retail storefront. And that change happened. Do you want me to go into that part of it now? Sure. Okay. So again, the following year, our sales doubled. People started coming to the warehouse and I found that I was really embarrassed. It never was meant to be a showroom, but you know, I was always embarrassed of how it looked, you know, as they were trying to shop my warehouse shelves. I think anybody who has a business in a warehouse or home base even could appreciate just how like the struggle of seeing people walk around your space like, oh gosh, this is not a showroom. So now this opportunity came up to move to a new location. That jump into retail was a little bit daunting, but by this time we had grown enough that I needed to hire an employee. So since we already had an employee, I felt like, all right, we can be open for business hours. That was always my fear that I wouldn't be able to leave and go work in my children's classroom if I needed to or or whatever it was. So now we had an employee. Now we were kind of big enough to have a retail storefront, but it's also still is a somewhat seasonal business. So I didn't want to pay the rent to be down in the tourist district and have the really fancy showroom. And I really liked this little neighborhood that we were in. It's an up and coming neighborhood. My husband has such vision. He found this old mechanics garage and he said, I think this is a great location for us and the rent is really low. And I looked at it and thought, are you crazy? How can I sell gourmet food and wine and my beautiful baskets out of a mechanics garage? It had like an old Hummer up on blocks. And I mean, it was just... But he had this vision and I trust him and we went with it. Well, you know, your location right now is right like across the street from a little luncheon place. Right. So he saw the garage and saw that it could be something bigger. And I turned around in the driveway and looked across the street and saw the lunch crowd lined up down the block to go to this cute little cafe that was directly across from us. And I realized that those people were going to be facing our little shop while they were standing there waiting for lunch. So that's when I started to buy into it and was able to see it. And then the fun came in when I was able to be on Pinterest every night, pinning ideas and just like leaning over to my husband saying, could you build this? Could you do this? And so now we have this really unique, beautiful showroom that people can walk into and see it, purchase things individually, you know, see our baskets. It's a whole different way of selling. The other thing is, We weren't even going to get our on-premise license. My husband just happened to make that phone call to me from the ABC when he was getting our license moved and say, it's only $600. Do you want me to add on-premise? 
And I thought, well, I guess maybe we'll pour beer and wine at some point for somebody. That could be interesting. And that's clearly become a whole nother business. We are a tasting room now. People bring their lunch over from next door and sit and have a glass of wine or beer. And while they're sitting there having their glass of wine, they're staring at all of our gifts. And they're thinking of all the reasons why they need to send something to their mom or their dad or their client or whatever. We were talking just a few minutes ago about staying with your core business. Yes. But being able to have wine on premise, given that you have a nice little luncheon area right across the street, makes a good point in that you should always be open and have your antennas up for different ways you can take what's already your core business and add some extension to it because this could be a gold mine for you. Right. I mean, you've only been open a month now, but you're already seeing that it's working. It's tempting to get distracted by all these other opportunities. People come in and now they want me to do this or they suggest we do that. And I have learned from the deli and that whole experience to just stop and thank them and say, you know, I do have vision. You know, don't be confused that I don't have vision, but I need to focus on what my core business is. And then if something else complements that, that's great. And someday maybe maybe the baskets will be a very small piece of what we do and we really will be you know, a tasting room. But for now, this is what our focus is. Yes. And the beauty with your own business is you can take, you know, everyone has opinions for you, right? Right. And you can take what is right for you and implement what makes sense and what doesn't. Because when they give you an idea and then walk out that door, you're the one who has to live and die by what you're going to implement. It's true. One of the biggest things I found about having a retail storefront as opposed to the warehouse is that I can take risks on carrying a certain product or I can buy one or two of something and see if it sells. And if it doesn't, it's okay because I'll sell the one or two. But when we had our warehouse, I wouldn't sell anything that I didn't photograph and put up online and make available on our website. And so there was lots of times when I just was overwhelmed and couldn't get to putting that up or maybe only had one of them. We moved a whole bunch of inventory that we had had for a long time in the warehouse the first few weeks that we opened salad bowls and things that I just only had a few of. Let's move on now. And Anne, can you talk with us about a promotion or an event that you've done that's made a difference? So maybe it's brought in new customers, increased sales, moved product. I mean, clearly the new location has done that. But what else have you done in the past that you really saw move and move the needle? Each year when people are kind of putting together their New Year's resolutions, I look at our business and I learned this from when the economy did bottom out is that if you have all your eggs in one basket and that particular industry suffers, then your whole business is going to suffer. So I've always tried to diversify and make sure that I have a little piece of all these different markets. And so each year I kind of try to, I say that this is the year I'm going to focus on this market. You know, we did so much corporate stuff with banks and everything two or three years ago. This year is my year for hospitality. And I really have made it a point to go out and meet with every single resort and hotel in my area. We joined Visit Santa Barbara, which is our local visitors bureau. I'm going to the restaurant and lodging association meetings and really connecting because visitors to Santa Barbara are the best clients for us because they really want a taste of this area. And that's what we do. So what I've done is I'll meet at a networking event or however I get the connection, someone at the resort. 
they have these weekly sales meetings. And so I'll encourage them to include me in the weekly sales meeting because I will be bringing samples and it'll be a nice little break for them. And I bring in a couple samples. I bring in some of the foods that we carry so that they can try those and snack on those. And then I go around the room and I ask each of the people at that meeting, what is your role at the resort? And they each have different roles. There's one person that does weddings. There's one person that does corporate sales. There's one person that does meeting and events. You know, the general manager has different ideas. But I ask them to tell me what they think the gift baskets can be used for as far as a sales tool to meet their goals and objectives. And I take lots of notes. I really have found the best way to figure out what a client needs is to ask them. Don't just assume that you know what they need. But we do hundreds, thousands probably of baskets a year for welcome amenities. So it's a really big piece of our business and I wasn't even doing it before. On the customer service end, how do you make your customers feel unique and valued? That goes back to how can I differentiate myself from just these gift companies that use the 800 gift companies, right? One of the things I like to do is whenever possible and certainly with the permission of the recipient, I like to take a photo of the person receiving the basket This makes the person who ordered it really feel connected. We are right next to a major university, University of UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. And I have so many parents who start ordering from me when their kids are a freshman. And it's exciting. I almost feel like I'm part of these Mm -hmm. kids' lives because I get to, you know, see them when it's finals time or on their birthday, they turn 21, we deliver a champagne basket to them, you know, and then right up to graduation. And the parents love that they can see a photo of their kid holding the basket. It's just kind of a little extra special treat. And uh, the same goes for the assisted living facilities. Mother's Day was a huge holiday for us just recently. I had a woman crying on the phone because she was so happy to see her mom sitting in the dining room at her assisted living facility holding the basket that we had delivered. So there's other things that you can do to really differentiate yourself. And there's no price you can put on that, I think. No, there's no price. And it also goes back to your motivational candle. It's how you make them feel. It does. You're right. All right. We're going to enter into the reflection section now. This is a look at you and what's helped you with your success along the way. So, Anne, what is one natural trait you have that has helped you to succeed? I don't know if it's a trait so much as it is just a natural progression in life. You know, I started this business when my son was a year old. He's just turned 11 and our business has just turned 10. And it's remarkable to me the parallels between raising a child and raising a business down to the point of he has a younger sister and she's now five. And a lot of the things I did with him at five, I don't do with her because I kind of learned along the way. And I think that's true of us having, you know, the restaurant for so long and, and being able to make different, better choices this next time around. But when I look at my hopes and dreams for my children, they're very similar to my business. I want to be there for all these different things in their lives, but I want them to be independent, successful people. And someday I would like my business to be so independent (laughs) that it is very independent of me, whether that is selling it or just retiring in some capacity so that I'm not running it on a day-to-day basis. But it's the challenges are very similar. This could be a topic for a whole nother podcast, really. (laughs) But, you know, often people say when they start a new business that it's like having another child. 
the beauty of this business and what I'm so grateful for is that the business has always been exactly what we need it to be. You know, when my son was first born, I really did need to be home with him. And so having that home-based business was a perfect fit. You know, and as he got older and as he had, you know, was going to school and had more independence, then I was able to focus more on our business. And and so I've, a couple of years ago, I decided, I really decided I don't want this to just be a job for myself. And that's what it was. I was doing everything myself. I was making a nice little profit that was probably similar to, you know, what I would make if I was working for a salary for another company. And I really decided I don't want this to be a job anymore. I want this to be a business. And that changed my whole thought process. Everything I did was to create a system that could be passed on to someone else. And once I decided I have a five-year plan, I want to sell this business or, you know, grow it and expand it in five years, everything I did was to get to that goal. And so that was a big change. What tool do you use regularly to help keep productive or to create balance in your life? There are probably a lot of tools that I should use. I mean, I'm still finding myself because I'm sort of open 24 hours a day and I have my cell phone with me all the time. I'm taking orders on the back of permission slips, you know, and then my son turns it in and I realize the order's on the back of that, that kind of thing. So I should be using more uh, apps that would help better organize me. But I guess I constantly have my phone in my hand and social media is really kind of something that I use all the time. It has become a secondary storefront for us. I've found that our Instagram feed, people are purchasing off of that. They're calling me up and saying, I want that picture I saw. It's a way for me to just test things out and gauge the excitement around certain products. It's a way for me to connect with the fan base of a lot of the products that I carry. I guess if I can say social media is a, is one of my greatest tools, that's what I would say. You absolutely can. And it fits perfect with your business, too, because your business being creative, visuals are perfect. Instagram and, you know, all of social media, what, what do you use mostly Instagram? I know you're on Facebook, too. I'm on Facebook personally, and I, I'm part of my trade association groups, which I find incredibly supportive on Facebook. But in, what I love about Instagram is that daily I take photos of everything that's going out of here. I take photos of various products that I have. And when you use Instagram, you can instantly push it out to Facebook and Twitter at the same time. So while I really don't understand Twitter still, I don't, I just, it moves at a speed that I cannot keep up with, but I'm reaching those Twitter people because when I put it up on Instagram, it's going out there as well. What book have you read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? There's a book that I read every three years. Anne Morrow Lindbergh wrote A Gift from the Sea, and that's not a business book. Maybe that's a surprise to you that I would say that book. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. I often give it as a gift to all the women in my life. But that's a book that if you read it every few years, it's almost like it's a whole nother book. It just speaks to a different part of you. So Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. Get a free audiobook from Audible, just like the one Anne is mentioning. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Anne, we're circling around to the end here, my favorite portion of the podcast. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. 
What's inside? Oh my gosh, Sue, it is exactly what I have always wanted. This is a really big box because a private jet is going to fly out of it. And that jet is going to be on the tarmac, loaded with champagne and cheese and fruit and sausages and just waiting for my husband and I and my children to jump on board and take us wherever we want. I think travel anywhere is part of my dream. I love that. Why don't you come visit me before you go off into some exotic place? (laughs) We will certainly make a stop. (laughs) Well, you're going to call me when you've got that plane on the tarmac ready to go, okay? I will. It's parked right next to Oprah's plane right now, so... I see. Okay. So you're just waiting for it to show up for you. Yes. Yes. Got it. <laughs> okay. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, if you're on Instagram, <laughs> you can follow me at SB Gift Baskets. Um, but our website is SantaBarbaraGiftBaskets.com. Perfect. And Gift Biz listeners, if you didn't capture all the information that was shared today, you can jump over to giftbizunwrap.com and there you'll find and show notes page, which will have everything documented with links so you can easily access all the information. Thank you so much for your tremendously valuable gifts that you've shared today with us, Anne. And may your candle always burn bright. Oh, thank you, Sue. It was such a pleasure. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information.